What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to Split Screen D&D, the show where we are attacking all things Dungeons & Dragons from both sides of the screen. As always, my name's Tom Quinn, resident Dungeon Master here at Modern Myth. And I'm Josh Winans, resident player character here at Modern Myth. Kick us off, bro. All right. I think, uh... Well, before we get going right into today's topic, first off, hey, uh, we're a new channel. We've been slowly growing, and to those of you who've already subscribed and are viewing, thank you guys so much. It means the world to us. But we are a small channel. Every subscribe matters, and every upvote, every what was upvote, every thumbs up, thumbs up, yeah, makes follow. a huge difference. So please, hey, if you find any enjoyment in this, help us grow. You know, hey, if you know, maybe share it with your table uh, of your Dungeons and Dragons friends, and just spread the love and get that sweet modern myth all over everyone. There we go. Uh, yeah, if you guys. Uh, are finding enjoyment here uh jump on down hit that like hit that comment hit that subscribe and lock in that little bell so you don't miss any future yes, content if you're catching us by podcast um just we hugely appreciate that you're listening yeah, and you. uh we would love a follow throw a rating on uh, yeah please throw a rating so we, awesome. we would love to hear from you guys all right enough of that so today uh i i would love to talk to you about okay so D as a player i am the hero I am the guy that's smiting evil. I'm saving lives. I'm making that money. But all of that can seem rather meh if you don't have that thing you're fighting against. That okay. Maybe it's the BBEG. Maybe it's it's something else. But having that villain there really brings depth and purpose to a yes. player's life in D&D. So I think... Really delving in what makes a good villain is would be a wonderful topic for today. I I love it. Uh, I think it's actually I'm surprised that we haven't done villains yet. Yeah. Uh, because they really are the crux of the entire reason you're doing anything in Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, if there aren't villains motivated to do villainous things, right? And well, so long as you are a hero. You don't got a whole lot to do with your time at the table. Yeah, I guess that's well. I guess we could talk about evil, evil tables. You know, hey, are the villains good guys? Certainly, but you know, certainly. but yeah, if you're just running around killing rats, there's only so many rats and so many cellars before you're like, mm, this is a fun game, yay! Right. right. Um, so where do we want to start? Do we want to start on the on the DM side. We want to start on the player side. It might be good to flesh out what kind of villains might what they are, and I think to do that to launch start on the DM side would be helpful. Okay. Um, well, I think. To a greater or lesser extent, uh, on DM and the PM on the motivation episode, uh, check it out. By the way, uh, check it out. Uh, I I I kind of went over. I mean, this is certainly the way that I think about, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a villain. I think a villain is a special class of antagonist mm-hmm. in the story. Um, if you are wanting to go speak with the king, and there are two guards who are stopping you from doing that. They're acting in an antagonistic manner. Yeah. But they're not necessarily villains. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That said, I really do think that the the crux of what is going to set up a villain is that their motivations are fundamentally misaligned with the party's motivations. Ooh. Um, I think often that mean that results in if you're talking about a a, a good party, kind of your classic. Yeah, let's just stick with that for trope, now. That generally means that your villain is acting in some evil fashion. But I I do like to I I I think I prefer to box that into mm-hmm. the thought process of a villain is 
an entity in the world whose motivations are are misaligned with the parties because I do think there's plenty of room for great villains mm-hmm. who are not inherently evil. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my goodness, yeah, actually, the way you say that, it's uh, the king's uh, right hand man who's whispering in his ear. Maybe he's not whispering him, hey, you need to sell all these people's souls to the devil. Maybe he's whispering, hey, you need to give money to X faction when you are in alliance with Y faction. So now you guys are opposite each other, even though, hey, it might not be the end of the world. It might not be he's selling souls to demons or anything, but you're right. It's misaligned, but that is still in that moment, your villain. Yeah. And I think too, as a DM, our goal with antagonists, with any antagonists that we want to take to the next level is we need to elevate them to villainhood. A mm-hmm. villain is a character in the world that the party is going to identify, remember, and mm-hmm. most importantly, want to bring to justice or want to kill or want to, because I think that, again, there, there are many ways that players, or I should say characters, can uh, interact with the party in antagonistic ways, um, but that does not inherently put them in a place where the party is going, oh, I cannot wait until I get that, you know, that son of a gun, he's, you know, yeah. that, that I think is the emotion that we want our villains to draw mm-hmm. amongst many others. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think villainhood should evoke some emotional response yes, yeah. from the party. Whether it's hatred or like disgust or, or, or could you say sympathy? Oh, I absolutely think, I, I certainly think for, for the party to come to sympathize with a villain more context is required because oh, yeah. they can act in a way that seems quite villainous or maybe even is objectively villainous. Um, but when the party comes to realize that their actual motivations are maybe, you know, maybe at the 30,000 foot view, they come to find like, okay, maybe they're not going about it the way that we agree with that's mm-hmm. where our motivations are misaligned but their end goal actually isn't that different from ours yeah um so there's all sorts of like i said there's 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 room for very complex yeah. villain relationships and very simple ones sometimes you have a lich who just need to die just needs to die <laughs> and that doesn't mean that he can't be evocative he can't have all sorts of uh he can't be drawing the party into a place where they're going like, I cannot wait to, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not a question of, is this someone we can come to sympathize with? He's raising an undead army. No, you probably can't come to sympathize with that. Yeah, well, uh, the rovers are ran into that with Count Dracula. Um, (laughs) What's his real name? Uh, Lord Felstad is... So Dracula. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He was... uh, So we are fighting almost exactly kind of scenario, fighting an army of the undead, and we're trying to find any allies we can. We ran across a vampire, right? Uh, and we were we had to wrestle with the uh, moral choice: do we help the vampire out? Because if we help him out, we would get his. He'd say, "Hey, yeah, I'll totally help with the undead army." But right. to help him out, we'd have to basically sacrifice someone. I I love that you bring that example up mm. uh, for a couple of reasons. One, because there's a ton of moral gray area there, which is always fun to explore. But also because it it serves to highlight the motivation factor perfectly. Is This is a vampire. This is a creature that, generally speaking, when you're talking about a campaign that is littered with undead enemies, is as prime a a figure. But in your discussions with this character, 
uh, expressed to you that he could feel himself beginning to lose as an undead entity mm-hmm. beginning to lose his agency and lose himself and this this frankly terrified him to the point that he want you know he basically fa- you know your 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 motivations in that regard are actually quite similarly aligned mm-hmm. but he but felstad really was poised well to serve as an ally or an uh, uh a villain or mm-hmm. an enemy um and and i think that shows how thin that line can be mm-hmm. is and really at your whim you could say no you're a disgusting foul evil thing and now mm-hmm. it's time to die or you can say yes i can sympathize with with the fear of losing oneself despite you being unholy and unnatural right and um so i think that serves as a as a, at least a good marking of the that boundary that yeah. that um for what a, a villain can be well i think that's it, you're just touching on what makes D so fun is the gray area i think that's what we keep going back to whenever you can explore some gray area don't maybe not do it all the time no no but, but it, it can be a really fun space to explore um talk with me a little bit about uh because i mean there's so much that can be said about <laughs> Um, what what we as DMs can inject into mm-hmm. uh, villains, and I definitely want to touch more on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But in the spirit of communicating to other DMs out there, mm-hmm. what pushes an entity into that that sphere, and in, in which all of a sudden you're going, "I've got your number, buddy." Well, for me personally, it doesn't take a lot. <laughs> you just look, well, but well, I think the thing is, is I think you you are someone who goes, you're you're a monster and you're bad and and like it's time for you to die, right? But the the level of attachment that that act of killing that monster needs to have for it to for them to have ascended to villainhood, mm-hmm. are there certain attributes? Um, there's one. There's one that I that immediately comes to mind, but I want to hear there kind of the well, two that come to mind for Cal. Uh, one is Buttercup, one is uh, Shio. Okay. Um, and both of them, what it, it this it's it, you develop a relationship. It's not a positive relationship, but you have a relationship, and I think I one, love that. Yeah. Yep. Once you develop that relationship, then you can go beyond hey they're just a monster oh they're just a bad person so i think yeah developing that relationship is it really uh, just makes you want to punch the lights i i think that uh in in a different way of saying it but you you basically hit mine and this is this is something i will harp on for the rest of the episode to some degree or another is that's exciting uh and this goes to this this absolutely goes out to dms if you're struggling to to introduce uh villains into your world that your party is just chomping at the bit to get back to time oh that's true much as the party themselves their bonds grow over time as they have these experiences together so true think about so many great narratives whether they be films novels video games your own campaigns Think how early as an audience you come to meet, and and even if the protagonists mm-hmm. have not. Now, D&D is special because we're viewing the story through the protagonist's eyes only. It's kind of a first-person telling of the story. But in film all the time, you go, 
uh, we got to see what, uh, you know, in Braveheart, we bounce back and mm -hmm. forth to mm -hmm. England and go, what, what exactly is the antagonist? What's the villain doing? And the audience begins building a relationship. Yep. Not a positive one, but but, but it's a it relationship. Needs time for you for you to see for you to go. You know, when you see some of the interactions mm -hmm. going on between no. Longshanks and like the conversations he's having about bringing the nobles in and in, in Braveheart. Prima Nocta. That's yeah. First I mean, night. And and I mean that <laughs> that, that, that conversation is is such an excellent example oh, like, of how so you bad. build villainhood into a character. And what I love about so building up on Braveheart, he seems to one-up himself. You're like, man, that is a bad human being. And then the next thing you're like, man, that's a bad human being. Yeah. And he keeps one-upping himself, which I totally agree with. And uh, what I loved is like you from the very beginning, like you only get a snippet. And I'm reminded of beat-em-ups. Beat-em-ups do this all the time, video games. Uh, Double Dragon. You start playing, what's the first freaking scene? Your girlfriend's hanging out, a guy comes up, punches her in the gut, throws him over the shoulder, yep. boom, walks off. And then you spend the rest of the, uh, the game trying to get your girlfriend back from that guy. Right. And, right. Uh, I mean, every beat-em-up seems to have that story. Yeah, that's, pretty, that's a pretty standard, yeah. I think, beat-em-up loop. Right. Got to rescue the president's daughter. I forget which. That's the Sega Genesis game. I forget which one it is. Or you're the big wrestler guy with the suspenders wearing green. Oh. Streets of Rage. Streets of Rage is what that's, jumps to mind, but I don't know if that's honestly, right. I'm having a hard time pulling the plot back. Anyway, together. I'm, I'm but, sorry. But well, no, but but the the and the beauty of that is, again, I mean, like I go to movies like Gladiator. Mm -hmm. You know, oh. we, we come to again. Great villain. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many of them. I I I don't think you haven't watched Arcane yet, have you? No. One no high spoilers, please. Highly recommend. Uh, highly recommended. Uh, there's a character named Silco in Arcane. Okay phenomenal villain mm -hmm. just just so smartly written just really 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 good you might just hit on something too when you meet a villain that you re like you really want to you there's a part of you that like loves like, them loves them loves them because and here's the thing is i think the there is a catharsis in feeling completely justified in yeah. hating so yep. like, hey, that person deserves yes. that because and because and the beauty of of that and this is really gets to the heart of, I think, what we want to do at our tables as DMs and what our players just give it to them, give it to yeah. them, give it to yeah. them is. In those in all of those examples. We are being we we as an audience, again, in many cases, long before the protagonists of the story mm -hmm. uh, gets to a place where they go, where you know, where they're going, I'm going to kill that son of a bitch. <laughs> we as an audience already know they have it coming mm -hmm. for, for the entire, you know, for, for 20 minutes prior to the protagonist is even knowing the, you know, the existence of this. In a lot of cases, you find that, that the, the setup, again, I, I go bounce back to Gladiator, the mm -hmm. really simple exchange uh, between, and I'm drawing a blank on his name now. Um, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix's character. Yeah. Um, uh, Wow! Oh, no. uh, oh, drop it in the comments. Drop yeah. it in the comments. Oh, I feel uh, okay, But you, you know, yeah. when when, um, when there's a, a really brief exchange during there was some celebration after um, after they they've won. And he basically says, "I want to go back home to my wife and kids," and he goes, "Don't get too comfortable." That's Rome right. may still have, and that little exchange immediately sets a tone. Oh. And as an audience, you're going like. You, you piece of yeah, shit! Like, 
Oh, and then, yeah, then, of course, the next scene, he murders his father, which only solidifies he's a... Right, right. And that's the thing. The protagonist isn't isn't even privy to that. Mm -hmm. We experience that as an audience. And so we need to keep in mind that as DMs, our players are also the audience. So you Mm -hmm. need to find ways... Oh, that's so true. ...to give them those opportunities. That could be... You come into a town and all you're seeing is the aftermath of the villain they've been chasing. Yeah, like the the tree with all the children hanging from it. I mean, that kind of thing. So I I really think, uh, but all of that, that that hatred, uh, disappointment, disgust, sympathy, Mm -hmm. whatever you're building into this villain, it's going to take time. Which means you can't just, and, and, and... and not just time in, here's a villain, now he's gone. At level 20, you're going to see him again. No. Because, because there, we'll forget about him, quite honestly. Well, yeah, you you need opportunities to, to allow that to build. It's like a fire, you know, you got to, you got to add wood, you got to poke it a little bit, yeah. you know? And, and I will, I will say, I know that, uh, that this is, I think, probably a pretty contentious topic because there are quite a bit of, uh, uh, there, there are quite a few skills, spells, what have you, mm-hmm. for expeditious retreats from combat. Uh, yeah, yeah, you got lots of options, and there are a lot of people who are not a huge fan of uh, enemies kind of getting a free flee from combat. Now, obviously, the players can do things to stop that. There's all sorts of control magic that would stop someone from doing this. Counter spell. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, there's, there's mm-hmm. lots of. But they're pretty niche tools to try and yeah. I I actually would would argue that it is far better to allow your players to scrap with someone who's who is a villain, not just an enemy, but a villain. Mm-hmm. And albeit there may be the disappointment of, damn it, they got away, and by just by nature of rules as written, there was didn't feel like there's a lot we could do about that. It's a, it's at least an opportunity to build some more rapport, whatever kind of rapport that is. Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, you've had a number of skirmishes with uh, Buttercup. Now you've yes. yeah 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 and and I almost kicked his ass several times. <laughs> uh, but but Kel has a hate boner for that guy. It, the, the the beauty as a DM is that in all of those pillars and all of the ways you can communicate information, mm-hmm. those are opportunities. For you to communicate more again you you meet someone in the village that's just been raised by by the enemy and they tell you their sob story they don't even know who did this but you do so there's this weird kind of dramatic irony where the players with this npc is going Mm -hmm. like i you know i don't know why they did this my boy he's so young they start sobbing whatever you immediately are conjuring you know the face of the person who did this. right right you are rapport is being built where you're going Oh man, I already wanted to kill him, and now I really yeah. want to, you know. Which is a time aspect. But going, uh, you're talking about, hey, is it a cheap move to let the villain escape? Well, the, that, the, I think the notion of, le- I guess, let them escape is or, maybe a, a fine verbiage. But yeah, I mean, I I think ultimately there are just there are tools inherently in the game that that make and now they're available to the players as yeah, well. That's the thing we have them too. And especially at low level, if you don't know, like scrying is a thing. Like especially when you're dealing a high a high level party, uh, they might be privy to information that the that they that the party doesn't know that they're privy to because they don't know all the things that can happen. Right. But I think it comes back to that principle we talked about. Like, are you trying to win D and D? Is winning D and D beating the villain? I I, co- I completely agree. 
but yeah, and I understand the other side is, and it might just be how your table runs, but uh, there is nothing like I want to hate that villain yeah i want that relationship with that villain i want like buttercup he kind of there was a chance he just he got away it was kind of a like i don't well, i don't know if i would have like been uh not a cheap move at all but he, he ran away i was like eh, that kind of sucked but at the same time i was like sweet i get to see that mother fricker again and i'm going to be more powerful and yeah. then it's going to be even better well and the beauty is 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 i think if you're viewing it through the lens of i'm trying to win yeah both as a dm or as a then 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 you're never going to find that place where if yeah. if well you we'll keep buttercup now for everyone at home who doesn't know buttercup, i'm sorry listeners at home buttercup is a gift that they have had a number of interactions with oh, and i forget uh, his real name what's his real Shivik. name Shivik. Shivik. <laughs> I <And> get <laughs> kel kel uh has um kel and Shivik have a relationship yeah they've, they've built a little bit of a relationship uh and it's been great it's been it's some been awesome role play fun. in the midst of combat it's so much fun but the thing that I think the thing that I think players understand about that, or mm -hmm. at least should, is that as a DM, we didn't take that character away so that he won and now he now he's gone. He's yeah. in the wind. And there's, you know, may, maybe there's some adventure hook to finding him again. Mm -hmm. But ultimately we took him away so that the next time you meet him you can want it that much more we mm -hmm. took him, and and i say took him away again like i said i don't i do i do not want to perpetuate the idea that that i've gone in and written in this is where he gets away no matter what the party does right but with the tools that he has at his disposal if the party does not have an answer to them yeah he's he's intelligent he's not going to stay and fight to the death right. if it's a losing Battle. Which is, yeah, which is what makes intelligent creatures so dangerous, which I don't think is explored very often, but that's a whole right. other topic. Um, yeah, no, I... Uh, now, here's a question, since I'm going to throw this at you. We've been talking about villains. Yeah. These are people you want to hate. Let's let's explore some of the gray area, or maybe even some of the totally opposite. Let's start with gray. So, an enemy that you can relate to. Mm-hmm. How do you build that so the that the party? Do you want the party to question themselves in those instances? Well, you know, I, I would harken back to to Felstad, I and mean, I certainly didn't introduce him in the game in, inherently as a villain. Mm -hmm. I wanted him to be kind of on this precipice of the party really does get to decide: is this someone they want to make a villain, mm -hmm. or is this someone they want to make an ally? Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of that comes down to you know, every party's going to be different and their moral alignment is going to be different. And they're, you know, <laughs> we, we messed that one up. We've, we talked about it recently. We did not do well in that situation. Well, I, I mean that, but I, I, and that's just one example. I, I do think, I think, well, a good example, I think is no doubt Thanos is a villain. Yep. Well, but but I, you can understand where he's coming but from. But I though. actually think he is a, a pretty relatable mm -hmm. villain. Yeah. In fact, um, I, I had posed out onto Twitter that um, if if Thanos was in the lottery mm -hmm. every time he wanted to wipe out half, you'd ha I, I'd have a really hard time faulting his. I mean, clearly he's he's genocidal. You know, I mean, there's that yeah, fact. Yeah. Well, so there's no only half. Well, so it's not truly genocidal. Well, he's 
yeah, he's uh, half half sidle. Yeah, whatever. But he's you know, I mean, he's wanting to kill fifty percent of the population. But there's such an indiscriminance. Yeah. Uh, you know that it's a true half, not a only the blank gets to survive. Right. It's and I, and half. the thing I think that's what what makes it a lot. I mean, if he had just said, well. Everyone who isn't my people—that's mm-hmm. such a classic villain troop. My my people will rule the will rule the realm, and everyone right. else will die. It's really easy to go like, nah, and we're gonna kill that guy. Um, so I definitely think that there's gray areas where you're like, you are definitely villain. You have to be stopped. But I can at least understand yeah. your motivations. I think you can push that even further. Yeah, for sure. And I, I just to go off that just a tiny bit more when Thor catches up to thanos later when thanos is just chilling he's like hey i did my job i did i killed half the people in the universe he's just hanging out thor comes over and thanos like i did my job you do what you need to do man i'm good and thor just cuts his head off yeah which is almost a heartless thing in that moment where we're in that moment you're like that was brutal dude like yeah and i think I, I actually think that there's, in any long-form campaign, this harkens back to the contrast element that we've touched on a lot of times, you should have villains that the party has absolutely no question what they need to do when they find them. They need to kill them. Yep. They need to, you know, I mean, we're talking about fury of a thousand suns mm-hmm. kind of death mm-hmm. coming down on them, uh, all the way to the other end of the spectrum where, you know, a, well, where the party might go, we can't go through this guys Mm -hmm. like now now that we understand the or you know i think to me one of the really sweet spots is sweet spot i like the sweet spot uh and i think it's a a difficult one to to graft together in a in a story that you only have a limited amount of control over but is a villain who who has to die they they are going to proceed on whatever path that they're going to proceed down but the the party has no animosity has and, and in many regards uh can uh can relate and that ties in actually to one of what i think is arguably one of the most important qualities for a villain and this doesn't doesn't supersede the the space that we're already in so i don't want to mm-hmm. completely leave it gosh yeah there's so much we can go down that rabbit hole but i think uh conviction it doesn't matter if you're talking about a you know a, an evil lich who is hell-bent on bringing about an era of death uh or if you're talking about um if you're talking about a guy who is going to uh, assassinate the emperor because his life his family's life everything he cares about is hanging in the balance if he mm-hmm. doesn't do this yeah, they they all they all die. Um, I, was, I originally thought of like Anakin, but then I was like, no, it guy's a tool bag. <laughs> Thank you, George Lucas. Anyway, but, but the thing, the quality I think that's really important to to bestow part of building rapport with mm-hmm. a villain is whatever your villain's motivations are, mm-hmm. they have to have conviction. Yes, player characters have all of the leniency in the world to waver on what is good, what is. But, but a villain thing. needs to know what they're doing, and they are going to do it. Can I counter that? Yeah, I'd love to hear it. So I, I, for the most part, agree. You don't, yeah, you need that. Because, again, there's something you want to admire about the villain. Like, even if they're, like, horrible beyond all recognition, 
that they're they're at least you know uh, I, I feel weird saying that because, you know, some villains can be absolutely atrocious and you can't relate to them on any level. But what happens if you come across a villain that could be redeemed? Uh, I think, uh, again, in the, in the sphere of contrast of, of interaction, I think that, again, I, I, all of these should be considerations. When we're thinking about villains as DMs and we're, we're, you know, say at the start of a campaign or maybe as the story's unfolding and you go, ooh, this would make a great, villain you should be thinking like hey what are this what what are the motivations driving this villain and how much conviction do they have to these motivations Mm -hmm. because there are absolutely spaces i think where um a a villain Mm -hmm. given the right interactions with the party and it may even take just like we said it may take time Mm -hmm. it might be that the first encounter you have with them is a is a a skirmish mm-hmm. and and things disperse the next time you meet them they might be completing some task that you get you were there to stop them yeah and, might, and so so like we're building like this guy's turning into a pretty thorn pretty, pretty big thorn in our sides mm-hmm. but you may come to a head where this person is coming to realize like everything they've been doing so far they're starting to get in over their head yeah. this is not what there's all sorts of a great example of that in uh, Mass Effect. Ooh, uh, the, that came in a hot minute. The original Mass Effect. Great game. Saren, the... Um, you know me and names. Um, no, Could I'm you thinking. sleep with this one? No. He's, he's basically the quote-unquote big bad of the first game. He, okay. he is what? the... N7 operator that you start your very first mission. You come. Oh yes, see him. God, I haven't he, played that game. He, yeah, he betrays. Wow. So, but but when you get to the final encounter with him, mm-hmm. you can you can talk him out of being a bad guy, mm-hmm. and it's it's an option that where I mean he's obviously he's being uh, controlled by. Oh wow, yeah, I'm losing all sorts of names too, dude. Man, um, I I feel I need to play this game again. Dang, because I remember two fairly well. Yeah, and I cannot for the life of me the 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 ultimate big bads the the big machines who are coming to destroy everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I that's ultimately who's controlling Saren in the beginning, and you oh. can shake him from that. So, huh. so it's a great example of he is your eyes on that prize the entire game, and to get to the end and realize that that this kind of fits into that space of let's say, um, let's say. A, a a character who is who is potentially not there there's this is a whole other space for a villain but a villain who is not acting of their own accord which is yeah you're right that's a totally different villain and, and can you hold someone who has come to their senses right. accountable for all of the actions they've taken up to their that no. point yeah. um and so there i mean there's there that, again there's so many cool things you can do with villains and i think important for us dms is to be thinking about how can we introduce a villain into our game space that is going to provide some contrast mm-hmm. to the other villains that are acting in the world? That's the thing, yeah, because we're, we're, we're saying villains, and I, I I fear that people are just hearing BBEG. No, right. I'm thinking, I mean, this, I think this every could be, this could yeah. be a uh, local bandit at a town. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. That's, I mean, we're, we're talking, you know, and, and the thing is, is a local bandit for, for a, you know, a early level adventure hook, is a, that is kind of the BBEG yeah. of your early. Yep. Uh, early hook and and again maybe it's a deal where you come to find that this is this isn't the local the, you know this isn't the murderer everyone said he he was right. maybe there have been a string of murders but when you come to realize like no this is more of a robin hood like he's mm-hmm. you know he is he's a thorn in 
in a bunch of noble sides who likely hired you to go deal with this right, and that's... were happy to let you believe that he was also mm-hmm. responsible. So so that's a good context is another major element. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think playing with the amount of context the party has to operate on uh really allows you to shape whether it be reality or not how the party feels about that villain they're in pursuit of. Yeah, and 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 I'm just thinking we often talk about how exploration is the least used uh pillar. This is a great time to where you can start to use exploration Absolutely. to fuel everything else. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of the examples we gave with regard to, I mean, certainly like I said, combat pillar, you can have skirmishes with this villain. A trope that I love, in fact, I threw it out. Someone someone was asking for for suggestions for like what what should an early level adventure hook have rats dude well Seller. rats obviously and, and a got- wheel of cheese that you must return to farmer petty john thank you i mean it has to be a dairy product i don't care if it's uh, milk or cheese it's got to be milk dairy or cheese product. it's minimum minimum dairy products <laughs> cottage cheese prove us wrong by the way <laughs> <laughs> no but here's what i what i threw out to them was something that i think would be awesome for an early adventure hook mm-hmm. is a meeting with a major villain major it could even be the bbeg as an ally that's perfect fighting alongside them for a number of levels only to see them diverge uh and what i love about that is again now now this was i believe i believe it was an actual play podcast so this is this is me responding knowing there's an audience but the thing is is how awesome is it for an audience to be able to kind of fall in love with this npc that is is with them only to kind of walk with them down that darker and darker path as they slowly become. And and the beauty is, is that is such a grounded villain. There's so many people in life mm-hmm. who knew someone back in high school, knew someone and watched someone that they knew, maybe even mm-hmm. cared about at some point, begin going down a path. Mm-hmm. That, and, and, you know, it's such a relatable thing to see someone you care about, someone you know, go a different direction mm-hmm. and and in some cases be powerless to put them back on a, a, a better track. And and I think that that makes for a really compelling... Well, that's that, a really r- rich relationship you just built. Well, absolutely. You, you maybe love this character mm-hmm. a, a, out of the gate only to, you know... Yeah, not to always draw back to critical role. Wasn't Gilmore the uh, MP... I shouldn't say too much because I know Vox Machina is going on. Uh, oh yeah, maybe maybe yeah. Maybe I'll, pull, I'll, pull the spoilers. Never yeah. mind. Not gonna say anything. Uh, but um, <laughs> but l- likely critical roles done some decent work on this subject. Yeah, Matt Mercer <laughs> maybe knows a thing or two. But I was just thinking. Uh, I don't know something else about a villain is I don't know how many like truly evil people you've talked to in your life, and I hope it hasn't been too many. But people who I've talked to who are like messed up. They justify everything. They and their minds are not evil. Right. I think that can make for a very well, complex villain. Absolutely. And I would actually say that in the fantastical world of D&D, there are entities that I think fully realize they're evil and revel in the fact that they're evil. Mm-hmm. But in real life, I don't think there are many individuals. I mean, you look at the atrocities that have occurred throughout you, the 20th century. Yeah. And... All of those people considered themselves completely justified yeah, it's, in it's, what they it's were doing. Extremely disturbing what human 
beings can uh, convince themselves of. So, and you're right. This is D&D. It's a fantasy world. So, I mean, maybe you don't want to go that route, but that's an, always an interesting thing to well, do. Well, I, 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 I completely second the notion because um, this, this kind of ties into a, a different topic of grounding, mm. ensuring that your campaign worlds are grounded. Ooh, but, that's a great topic. Yes. We'll, 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 that's, on the, that's on the roster for oh, sure. That's a good but, topic. But to, to just ping on that for one second is it doesn't matter how fantastical the world is that mm -hmm. you're in. The stories that you're telling are being consumed by human beings around that table. Mm -hmm. And if you're telling stories that don't relate at all to anything we understand in the real world, it's going to get very difficult to start making Absolutely. those connections. So, And villains are, are arguably one of the places where this is absolutely not an exception right. because in order for us to build a relationship and hate mm -hmm. want to bring to justice want to right. kill whatever whatever that is we need to we need to understand this individual i mean if the if it's a uh you know 20 brained operating in the sixth dimension and it just knows so much more than you, you can't possibly comprehend my motivations well then it's a deal where it's like Okay, I guess we're gonna kill you or, or do our best to. Well, if, and if you have that, because I'm on, I can think of Iliathid, is how you say it, and Ilithid, the yeah. mother bread. But maybe the, which is actually a great time, because I want to talk to. So we can't, on a, maybe a cosmic scale, we can't understand all the motivations of extremely intelligent beings. But maybe the lackeys underneath it can be entered. So okay. you have your villains and you have your lackeys. And I think. Your lackeys need to also be just as interesting as your villains. Absolutely, I think. Uh, and, well, and I think the the introduction of lackeys period is another great way that we can build kind of vicarious rapport. Mm -hmm. You can come to hate that person more and more. You know, again, let's let's just hearken to that bandit, this low level bandit lord sure. we're talking about. Well, if you've encountered a series of bandits who have just been outright nasty, I and mean, we're we're not talking about just like oh. These are these are you know these guys have chosen a life I would never choose. We're talking about you know like they're vile, foul mouthed. They're you know they're right. obviously that reflects on their their leadership. Mm -hmm. um, so it's an, another way in which you don't have to go like, hey, here's that guy you saw before, but he got away again. Right? And, hey, here he is again. You know, I mean, there's plenty of uh, there's plenty of opportunity to kind of through the lackeys. Uh, yeah, express absolutely character about the leader in some cases you haven't even met the leader without seeing some of the lackeys first. right so yeah your lackeys might be an introduction to the philosophy of what the leader does but also watching the leader treat how they treat the lackeys oh absolutely it can also be a very big indicator uh, jumping back to shivik aka buttercup when the crystal and the Thank pit lord saying, i had no idea who it was until um, I said buttercup. No, well there you go <laughs> <laughs> uh, when when the that whole crystal uh, aspect of a of a uh, pit fiend was uh, taking place, there was one point where Shivik just grabbed one of his people, oh, and threw yep. them onto the crystal because he's a dick. Um, he deserves you to know. Die. And it, give, it gives you a sense of he has a different uh, value that he places on the life of the people around him. Whereas, right. in stark contrast to most adventuring parties, Kel. Kel, would, he jumped in the mouth of the uh, That's thing true. to save us. Kel, Kel's a pretty safeless, selfless dude. Yeah, paladin um, life, buddy. That's what I said. So and another thing that I think lackeys really helps to enhance is, uh, and this, this you don't need lackeys to do this, but 
certainly as the campaign is continuing on, the party needs to understand that this villain, this person that they hate, mm -hmm. is just as proactive as they are. Okay. That their power is growing, whether that be through more. No, 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 no. They stay stagnant. <laughs> they That's stay, what they do. They stay CR nine, no matter what level no, I become. Because I, I was almost as powerful as Buttercup last time, and he has to stay there. Well, but this is a great example of <laughs> of the introduction of lackeys. Is let's say the first time you meet someone, you know, maybe maybe they're the leader of a small gang, a dozen guys. Right. The next time you meet them, they've taken over a thieves guild, and now they've got. 30, 40 members at their disposal, mm -hmm. not to mention kind of the infrastructure of having politicians in their pockets. By the end of the campaign, they run an entire metropolis, and now you're trying to bring down the the leader of the largest thieves' guild in all the Sword Coast. Right. That's a very different... Uh, but it's a good yeah. example of scaling power, whereas the individual themselves may not have scaled in power, but they're... Certainly, their lackeys, their uh, enterprise, and and conversely, absolutely, I think you can have uh, a a character. I mean, in so many cases, it's like uh, I'm the leader of some crazy cult, and the way I'm going to ascend to power is by opening the gateway for my demon lord, who is going to bestow the right. and and so there's this. But the party also, I think, needs to have a sense of one the fact that. That's a very real possibility. Again, this we're when we're talking about intelligence, and I don't think that all villains have to be intelligent, but I think that most villains inherently will be because it's difficult to build rapport. If we're talking about a hellhound that is just mm -hmm. a menace, okay, fine, but you haven't really built. Yeah, that's rapport just an enemy. Yeah, that, um, so there's a difference between enemies and villains. And, yeah, and and now I think that again, you could have some. Uh, you know, orc chieftain who isn't necessarily intelligent, but just has such raw power and mm -hmm. savage uh, brutality at their disposal. But in a lot of cases, I think when we're talking about running compelling villains, specifically BBEGs, mm -hmm. inherently those tend to land in a scope where intelligence is one of the factors that has made them the BBEG. Yeah. That could be a god. And and omnipotence is something pretty similar to intelligence, I would say. Yeah. Um, but you know, and, and again, that is that is a far yeah. from a rule. It's far from a rule. Cause it was like, what about the Tarask? Just throwing that out there. Uh well, but that's but not I, a BBEG. Well, exactly. Uh, the BBEG, I think he's the guy who summoned the Tarask. Right. The expectation is the BBEG is a villain. Yeah. And the villain will have command of very powerful enemies, but the villain needs to have a a personality that the party can loathe. Yeah. Um. Or again, feel whatever it is they need to feel about this person. Mm -hmm. But, um, so I do think you are really doing yourself a favor as a DM by writing your BBEGs or, or at least your, your premier villains uh, with a modicum of intelligence because yes. it allows you to start doing things with those that can catch your party off guard, that can mm -hmm. put your party in a place where they're going, okay, as a unit, we might be stronger than this guy, but I'm not sure we're smarter than this guy. Right. And that's Ooh, a, that's a that's very, a cool thing. that's a very different place to be mm -hmm. as you, mm -hmm. as you're scaling power. And that's another way that you can kind of, scale intellectual power is another another means by which absolutely um, in fact it's almost scarier yeah i think i think to some uh, extent like, uh, 
like the the Joker, he wasn't super strong in any way, shape, or form. He didn't have any superpowers, but just the mind games he could play. Is best great. best Joker. Heath Ledger. Okay, no, just. I, just <laughs> I needed to make sure we could keep doing this podcast. <laughs> no, give me. I, I haven't seen. Uh, I haven't seen um, Joaquin Phoenix. I haven't seen him. In... Oh, I have not seen it either, man. I'm actually pretty yeah, I need to. I, so I heard he did a great job in it. But... I was just worried you were going to say Jared Leto, and then I was going to be done. I don't think anyone. I, I was worried. I was Jack worried Nicholson that... is is an entertaining Joker. And I enjoy him very much, but don't, I do. Don't even get me started what? on Jack Nicholson. Dude, I love when Joker. he pulls out the revolver with the okay. ridiculous. Okay, yeah. I, I, I'll I'll yeah, I love that scene. Anyway, but yeah. Um, no, I think, I mean, we've said a bunch about villains. Uh, villains, I, I could do three episodes on, I mean, villains are so cool and they're such an integral part of running a compelling You have narrative. to have them. You have yeah. to have them. Uh, no, I totally agree. But uh, if you could give, like, just, again, any, any str- like, strong points you want to give? Well, I would say uh, the big ones are uh, know, know your villain's motivations. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm know how to play with those motivations. That's not to say tweak them around and move them, but know, know those motivations relative to your party. Because if you go, this is a great villain, and then your party comes to find what their motivations are, and they go like, okay, we can get on board with that. Then then, <laughs> then you didn't have a great sense of your party's motivations. Right, so, right. Which um, could also be interesting too, but... No, absolutely. I think, uh, but at that point, you're no longer writing a villain. You're writing right. a very interesting ally, oh, potentially. Ooh. Anyway, we can't. Yeah. Uh, we got to wrap it um, up. Okay. But uh, so uh, first and foremost, uh, motivation. Motivation okay. is king. It's. I mean, if you don't understand the motivation of your villains, yeah. you're going to have a hell of a time convincing your party that they're worth dealing with. Yeah. Uh, you're also going to have a hell of a time maintaining conviction in those motivations. Mm-hmm. I really do think, and that's not to say that that you can't have a, a great villain who whose mind can be changed. That's a very... A rewarding moment for a for a party, mm-hmm. um, but a hallmark of a villain is them not wishy washing every time the party becomes a little bit of a nuisance. Oh, maybe we should do it this way. Maybe we should. Oh no, we should. You know, they they you know party be damned. They're gonna get it done because they have conviction in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Lastly, and most importantly, I think is as with any great story as with any great relationship in life mm-hmm. uh in at the table between your party members between your npcs in your party between your villains and your party it's gonna take time give it the time that it's due and it will pay dividends when you allow that villain again especially if you're unfolding those motivations mm-hmm. An intelligent villain isn't going to wear their motivations on their sleeve. Yeah, they might be they they might be fully capable of of aiding the party for a period of time, mm-hmm. so long as it serves their motivations. Right. Only for the party to come to realize, holy shit! Like that's John Bob over there, and and fuck know, John Bob. John, John Bob is a it's he's a master. He's a uh, master of his craft. I tell you, John Bob. You, once you think you know where he's going, he's going to go the opposite way yeah. every time. Um, but no time. Uh, I, and, and, and players keep this in mind. There might be bittersweet moments where you win the fight, mm-hmm. but the guy you really wanted to see at the end of your sword, at the end of your spear ignited in flames, manages to slip through your fingers, harness that, mm-hmm. put, put that motherfucker's face yeah. in your mind and know Three levels from now, oh, a level right. from now, 
five levels from you know whatever it is level 20 whatever it is yeah but yeah. just know that if your dm is is thinking about their villains and really wanting to give you something meaningful you'll see them again you'll have your shot and uh and and that's that is a hallmark i think of your dm recognizing that it's gonna take time for 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 you to enjoy the payoff of triumphing over that villain yeah, I love, and I'm glad. I thought you were going to go where I was going to go. So as a player talking to DMs, yeah, uh, you said you need time, and you need time to build a relationship. So that's my big thing to DMs. Let the players build a relationship with the uh, with the the big the villain. Now that doesn't. I'm not saying it's it can be a negative relationship, but they need to have some connection emotional connection yeah with that thing uh because that makes everything just mean more more just everything and when you finally bring down that villain you are elated because you had that relation they were they were not and not just one dimensional like oh he just he just murders uh babies well, why yeah. did, why does he murder babies? Yeah, the why, and we actually didn't touch on the why, but that's a great uh, a great tag in, yeah. in, in the general. And I'm not saying there's any reason <laughs> to murder babies. Are you saying that you could be aligned with a baby murderer, <laughs> no. depending on the motivation? No, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. 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 But I think knowing the why, because because it's just a weird. It's like why would you do this yep. again? Is it because the command of his demon? Uh, overlord mm -hmm. uh it drives them to is it because he needs baby organs to put together right you know what what i mean baby weird. organs to he needs that suit it's, he's making a baby suit yep, whatever it is um but but the why i really do think is yeah. is an important factor oh, real quick I, more, I, but, I don't yeah. want to interrupt your uh yeah your, i got it in my head overview uh it, it's actually posing something to you mm. you just said speaking to dms mm -hmm. Can you speak to other players for me? That's exactly where I was about to go. Perfect. <laughs> you're, you're the man. So, uh, yeah, talking to other players, uh, my biggest advice, and I don't want to create any animosity between DMs and P uh, PCs, even though let's be honest with each other, DMs are the enemy and should be never trusted. But <laughs> every one of you motherfuckers is going to die next session. <laughs> oh, bring it on. Uh, but... No, I don't want to say hold your DM to task, but don't be afraid to like, hey, try to understand your villains. If if nothing else, that's going to bring them more to light. It might even help you in your story. Why is again? Uh, I don't want to stick to child murder. I don't like that. But why don't we stick with Buttercup? Buttercup. Mark. All right. Yeah. So Buttercup. Why is Buttercup so fascinated on Aster? That is that is that's literally the the mission statement of Aster's backstory. Yeah, what what is so important? And then what that does is as you try to be like, hey, okay, DM, I want to know why Buttercup is so after Aster. It's forcing the DM. No, nah, I want to say force. It's encouraging the DM to flush out that enemy oh, just a little bit more. And it's showing that you're engaged. It only encourages him, which means overall everyone's going to have a better experience. Yep. I think I, I again. There's a whole rabbit hole to go down on what you just said. I love it. Um, I'm going to abstain because uh, I mean, there's we only so many hours in a day, my friends. Yeah, there's so much awesome stuff to be said about villains. 
Uh, I think that pretty much covers the DM side for villain one hundred and one, and that might be the uh, yeah. Yeah, let's let's call it there. I yeah, think and I would love to. I'd love to do like an anatomy of a villain and really actually talk. Oh, talk this through is a, yeah. Please in the comments because uh, we had a. We, uh, please put in the comments anything you want to us to delve more into our questions or ideas. Anything we can like. Uh, we yeah, we'd love to hear that stuff. What, up. what kind of stuff you guys want to? Uh, what do you want to hear about? What do you want to talk? What do you want us to talk about? And more importantly, what do you want to talk about with us? Drop it in the comments. Uh, I would love to know what everyone's. Who's your favorite villain? I answered the same question for Nerd Night News. They posted a deal out, oh. and my answer was Silco from Arcane because it is, it's been that impactful. I highly encourage you, find find wherever you find the time, grab an episode what, or two here. What uh, platform is it on? Netflix. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and it's... I was blown away. I right. was blown away by how good it was. Okay, well, I'll have um, to check, so it, check out. it out. That goes to, for everyone at home, too. Mm -hmm. I think probably a lot of people have checked it out. I know it's done very, very well, but um, I'd love to hear in the comments pick pick your medium mm -hmm. who's the best villain as far as you're concerned and why mm -hmm. because that and, and i'd really like to see how that graphs on the conversation we've had today um you know does does it play off the principles that we've talked about here is there something we've missed maybe your why will, will illuminate i, I would love to we, do a villains 201 subject for I, yeah, sure I'd love to, and, and if we hear uh, enough about it in the comments we will definitely get after that. Absolutely. Beyond that, I think we're pretty much uh, squared up here, sir. Uh, I think uh, who's who's taking us out? We, we're on the subject of villains, so right. Do you have I, here's what I here's what I think. Okay. As a DM, I uh, get to run villains an awful lot. I never get to run villains. As a PC, you don't ever have the chance. You well, let's say unless I want to do an evil villain, but I evil hero, but that that's something well, we don't yeah, do. But as of as of yet. That's we do long for, anyway. Well, uh, so anyway. here's here mm -hmm. is my thing to you is mm -hmm. the world is theirs, mm, is it though? But from the lips of a monologuing villain during the last stand, anything beyond villain, or is that is that, is that what you give me? You you can be whatever kind of villain you want to be, sir. <clears throat> this this is the day. Those pompous pricks, those mortals. Today, we'll make them pay for ever thinking the living should conquer this world. For today, the world is mine.